My name's Terry. Welcome to the Oddscast. Welcome to the Oddscast. Anything more? Welcome to the Oddscast. And welcome to Conference Championship Week edition of the Oddscast podcast. Dollars Leo alongside Joe Delara, Terry Takes, producer Corey. We're going to be going over both conference championship games, Packers, Bucks, Chiefs, Bills. First, we'll talk about what happened last week. Um, I have some good news and some bad news. Bad news first is that uh, Joe and I did not have a good week betting. We, it was tough. I mean, had, the, Cleveland, the Cleveland one killed me, too. <laughs> we had a – well, the problem for me was I gave out – Browns plus 10 on this podcast. And that was the only bet I think I won. But then when the Chiefs went down to seven and a half, I was like, fuck, I got to take the Chiefs seven and a half. <laughs> and then that didn't hit. Just, yeah, it was not a great, not a great wild card weekend. Hit some props, but like that was it. And then the uh, the Ravens debacle, just like a completely, like completely winnable game, I thought for them. And they then just so yeah, hard. pucker is a great word because I know there's a lot of talk about Lamar Jackson and like his legacy as like a Ravens quarterback. And if he can win, um, even though like it's been what, two years, like, like yeah, calm, calm down. Like he's 24 years relax. old. Um, yeah. Is he even 24? He might be 23. He's probably he is 20. He's 23. Really? No, he just turned 24 January 7th, so 13 days ago. Oh, same birthday. Love that. Congrats. But, like, he's so young. Um, he's still probably got another three, four years of this, like, running quarterback potential, like, in the prime before, like, that really doesn't work. We saw that probably the closest analog to that was Kaepernick with the 49ers, um, just in terms of game-changing speed and having a, a team that's built kind of around that and not having a traditional pocket pass or at least like these, you know, mobile quarterbacks that we see coming up that can pass primarily. Um, we'll talk a little bit about, you know, what happened last week, but the good news is all three of us are at least 500 or above you and I, Joe are three and three. And then Terry uh, raged back with a three and a week. And now he's sitting at four and two. So Terry, wow, congrats. Yeah. I, think I, I think I went two and one. No, I just looked it over. You got the two unders that hit in the Packers Rams and the uh, saints bucks. Yeah. I think that the saints bucks under was like a miracle under, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, like, it was, yeah. it was, yeah. The Packers Rams hit under hit. Is a question. I don't think it did. I think you're I drunk. It did, no, it did not hit yet. Yeah, you're right. You're correct. The Packers almost, Packers almost beat the over by themselves. Um, <laughs> all right. We're all three and three. Scratch that. Three and three. All of us. 500. We are so average. Um, but, you know, that's uh, we're, we're just we're, you know. I, I'm, there's no real weird what it's been. At least we aren't barstool I mean, sports and math. they're taking vigs from uh, no, we stupid listeners. That. Yeah. So let, let's talk like, about this first. Let's talk about this first, Joe. I want you to bring up this story because you're the one who originally shared it to us. So and be, this is this is I'm leading you into this. Thank you. This is a story that I wanted to touch on because it talks about you know us as a gambling podcast 
talking about the industry and what to look for if you're a better, you know, there's so many books that are trying to get into the space. Barstool, obviously the media conglomerate for millennials entered the sportsbook market in Pennsylvania with their, um, you know, whatever acquisition they went through with their company, Penn Gaming, but they have a sportsbook in Pennsylvania. That's correct? Yeah. Okay. So, Joe, you can go ahead with the story that is about correct. the research so, that came out. Yeah, so they got the sportsbook in Pennsylvania. The app is in available in some states, but, like, not in all. Like, I don't think it's available in New Jersey right now. Um, but basically what happened was December earnings essentially came out for the major sports books, uh, DraftKings, FanDuel, Barstool, et cetera, like Will Hill. Um, and while points bet and FanDuel had a lot more action on their sites, uh, like multiple times, like three or four more times, uh, the amount of money wagered, they brought in less money than Barstool Sportsbooks. So basically they brought in about 5%. That was like essentially their rake, um, whereas, or what they held. And then Barstool Sportsbooks had like a 19% rake, which is enormous for the industry. And it's kind of way out of proportion. And some of the talk on Twitter, because, you know, Portnoy was kind of talking uh, at Ravel and was getting angry at Ravel because Ravel was like, no, like you don't have the most action. Uh, the most actions on these other sites. And, yeah. Cause they, they were third, like in total yeah, action. They were third in like bets and like, or in like rev, but they were the highest in revenue. Um, and it was very disproportional to what any other sportsbook in the industry was doing. So it started to raise some questions about whether or not like, are, is Barstool like taking a bigger VIG? Like who is betting at Barstool or like, what are things are they promoting to, you know, maybe influence how much money they're getting? I mean, they didn't have futures uh, in December, but there weren't really a ton of futures anyway. So uh, it's definitely an interesting question moving forward like why is barstool making this much more money than these other sports books well it it goes back to the question of like how profitable are these books supposed to be right because like yeah. their customers they have to beat their customers to win yeah and that is already pitting you know already straining the typical business consumer relationship because you're basically betting against each other like you're betting yeah. against the business that you know is is trying to get your business and i know terry you've been listening to a lot of like pro gambler podcasts do you have any like opinion on the viability of these sports books long term just because you know i i, I understand like the the legalization of sports books and legalization of sports gambling across the country has led to like a rise in these gambling stocks so like DraftKings. Um, FanDuel that's owned by like some European company, Will Hill owned in England. And it it begs the question, like how profitable can a sports book be without like, you know, pushing the boundaries on like people actually playing there? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely interesting. And the question was to Terry. (laughs) (laughs) Joe, Joe just loves jumping in. I hate he's this. He's a premature <laughs> talker. Yeah. Got to get in there. Um, what was the question? Now I forget. I was talking, has the, has, you've been talking about, at least privately to me, about all of these podcasts you're listening to about 
pro gamblers and their relationship with the sports books they have to try to beat. My question was, do you have any sort of insight listening from that world that maybe can illustrate whether or not Barstool has a strain is going to have a strained relationship with their consumer base or, um, you know, basically just like what, like, how should we look at this? Like our Barstool users just dumb. Like, are they just making bad bets? Um, I think probably you have more of a public draw to those books, just like on the, I guess, culture that they, they build up, but also like they just have, you know, they have a built in customer base as opposed to FanDuel and DraftKings that, I mean, you didn't use them unless before sports betting, unless you did daily fantasy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think having their what own kind of degenerates would do that. Yeah. <laughs> but having that own cons- consumer pool, you don't have to spend on advertising. You have to, you know, customer acquisition costs are a lot lower. And then you just have, you know, probably a lot of this dumb money that may not bet on sports, but they're stoolies. So they sign up and they get a free offer for whatever. And all of a sudden, you know, they're just betting all the overs or they're betting all the favorites. And I think that's, that's definitely, uh, I think part of it, um, in terms of like whales that gamble, I, I don't know. I haven't heard of any that really use haven't, haven't run into a whale yeah. <laughs> that uses but, Barstool. I mean all they care about is like the limits they can get down so I mean if if Barstool's lines are similar to you know a DraftKings or somewhere in Vegas and you know they can get down a lot of money you know maybe more than a traditional book um you know they'll, they'll probably go there but um I read Chad Millman's book shout out Chad uh um, called the odds from like 2000 is really interesting, but basically just when banks started or not banks, casinos really started getting corporate owned. They brought in people, you know, a lot of banking guys to manage these books and stuff. And the whole key is minimizing risks. So, you know, I think a lot of the, gone are the days where you can, you know, get down large sums of money on games at, at, mm-hmm. at, at legal books at least. <laughs> I mean, I do, I do think part of it, the, the article Joe's talking about, he can link it somewhere, but, yeah. um, mentioned how, you know, Barcel does, hasn't had to pay out futures bets yet. So I think that's also part of it where there could be, you know, a, a lot of outstanding futures bets that can count towards revenue right now mm-hmm. because they haven't been paid out yet. Yeah. yeah. And it also depends probably on which team wins, like in those NFL futures bets. Um, I don't know. Probably I, I yes. would imagine the the Bucks were a popular as Brady came into the fray and that got bet down a lot. What I think was – oh, I kind of remember what I was saying. Like what was surprising is like I think we were looking at Penn at some point like as a stock before the Barstool merger and like the rest of their – stuff is not like they don't really have great properties otherwise so it's really a lot of it's on barstool so i wonder if there's some talk about like just trying to maximize the profit that could be made i mean you always want to but even like leaning into it a little bit more because of the you know the potential clientele that you're going to drag into that sports book you don't think uh 
I forget what racetrack they own. <laughs> That's like, what was, was that? What was that? Yeah. What was that racetrack you went out to in Colorado? Yeah. That like bullshit track. They didn't even have like, you couldn't even put in an, uh, a pick two or like they, a three rather. It like didn't work. I was like, there's no such thing as a pick two. Yeah. So. I, don't know. Yeah, I was like, pick three, pick three. That's a daily double. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think I bet the pick five with you, and I think we it was just me. Team. It was yeah, I think it was just me versus <laughs> you and your friends that were there. Um, they own Sam Houston in Texas. Oh, okay. Which I've I've bet on before, um, hand in the air when I used to be a, a degenerate pony gambler um, for like two months. The that was a fun time though. It was. You were doing it like just like you're <laughs> in Saratoga. Like it worked. I, I think yeah, I think that was more just a reflection of where my life was at that point rather than me like trying to have fun and gamble on horse racing just uh, kind of like a distraction on uh the job that i fucking hated yeah let's go to the track at 3 30 in the afternoon sure the but anyway, you you won you won yeah, the pick five <laughs> joe and i joe and i gave producer Corey a pick five <laughs> ticket it was his first one he ever did and he won the pick five and we watched the last one at FanDuel sportsbook at the meadowlands and it was like fucking like three o'clock on a friday afternoon on a regular work week <laughs> it was like, what july, are you guys doing you know, no one's there it was july like had uh, it on the back of my computer <laughs> i can't wait to do that Go yeah sports sounds book. like fun yeah that's actually, I'm not going to say it wasn't fun, um, but just, you know, watch <laughs> while I'm supposed to be working, streaming uh, the Saratoga live, uh, watching the back ends of <laughs> watch the back comment end, on the noises coming out of your eyes. It's incredible. Just close the door. <laughs> Nothing's going on there. Let's move on to football. Uh, first, I wanted to discuss these four teams. Obviously, last week, um, the Packers looked great. I think the there's a questioner as to whether or not the Rams were just a beaten, battered, bruised team and how good they looked, but nobody's really been giving credit to the Packers all season. At least I think, um, at least not towards, you know, a couple of the last couple of weeks of the season, the chiefs. Well, we, other, we, we haven't just generally, we've been pretty, <laughs> pretty anti-Packers podcast. Yeah. We've been like a very, except for like egg on our face, except for, but we're very pro Robert Tanyan. Yeah. I say what I, Why? I don't say we're an anti-Pack. I, I, I refuse to give them the credit they probably deserve. That's what I would say. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I think I, I'm not an anti-Packers podcast. I will say I'm probably an anti-Bills host. Yeah, that's for sure. You definitely are. 100%. We all have our biases. Yeah. It's just like, up I love to us so, to recognize them. So help me with my implicit bias here. Um, I don't think I'm actually biased towards the Packers because I think I'm I'm leaning Packers here. And I will get into that as we touch on the NFC games. But in terms, I wanted to go like storyline, quote unquote, like how you're feeling about these four teams. I, is what, this a feeling circle? Are we doing feelings? For, we're we're, we're going to go feelings first because I like to talk like – so at the beginning of this, at the beginning of the playoffs, right? Like you wouldn't think the Colts would like go on a playoff run. You wouldn't think the Browns would like be in a Super Bowl. Like there are certain things you can like visualize and see. And I wanted to get your sense of where these teams are at before we get into the hard hitting analytical stuff, which the odds cast is, is, you know, that's, that's our bread and butter. But out of these four teams, Bills, Chiefs, Bucks, Packers, 
which to you and either one of you can go first, which would be the most surprising um, Super Bowl win and the least surprising Super Bowl win? I would say the Bills is probably the most surprising because they're going to have to beat Mahomes probably. Concussion, obviously, pending. but uh, And then you have to beat a whole practice today for him. Oh yeah, but I don't think it was contact practice. So, but then they had then you have to go beat a Hall of Fame quarterback on the other side, mm. um, whether it's Rodgers or Brady. So, I would say the Bills. Most surprising to you, Terry? Most surprising would be uh, the Bucks, because that means I would have placed a successful futures <laughs> bet. <laughs> Least surprising would be um i'll say the packers just because it would be it would that would just seem boring to me Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah well the bills actually are not the biggest um odds odds as far as the super bowl winner they're plus 350 i'm looking at DraftKings now bucks are at plus 450 even though i think the bucks are probably more i would say the bucks are more likely than the bills to win um the super bowl i, I you know so, so much of this discussion on these two games this week and both of these lines are probably i would guess would settle around three i think the line right now is built in that mahomes is going to play yeah. Um, as hobbled as he is because the line is at two and a half it bumped up to three it's like dancing around there but i think like if mahomes is playing the line will settle around three and maybe some juice on the chiefs i would i would think and then the packers bucks the line is at three and a half it opened at four but it's trending down and i think it's going to hit three so both of these games are around the same um I don't know if they're going to want to go. You think they're going to want to give the hook, like give the key number at Lambeau? I, the Bucks are just, they're getting bet down so much. Like right now on Pinnacle, which is the odds that usually show you where the line's moving first. As of recording this podcast Wednesday night, it's Tampa Bay plus three and a half is minus 116. Green Bay minus three and a half is plus 105. Usually when it gets to that territory, like it's moving to three. It's three on FanDuel right now. But with heavy, with, with heavy juice on the Packers. Heavy so, juice. Barstool juice. <laughs> Vigorous. That's also Vigorish. in the, li- in the link in the, in the Joe. Uh, Joe's going to link that, that article. Yeah, I think uh, I retweeted it. I'll, uh, I'll post it. I'll make sure the odds yeah, guess. I don't know. You but, retweet but, everything. But they, <laughs> I retweet a lot. But they call the Vig Vigorous. And like I... I just, it's a fun word to say. It's a technical um, term. We re- use proper terms. Why are you here. screaming at me? <laughs> <laughs> it's like health class. We use proper terms. <laughs> but I think that so much of the analysis on these games, particularly in the AFC, is whether or not Mahomes is healthy. Because if Mahomes is healthy, I think that this is like give me Chiefs. I would I would even do like an alternate spread up to like six and a half. Like I think it's not. Like yeah. I don't even think these two teams are in the same league, but. That's, I mean, that's the Bills, me. The Bills, like they haven't, they haven't outscored, or was it? They haven't outgained their opponents in either of the previous weeks. So, which which has happened twice. So the Bills are the third team in the NFL playoffs to be in a conference championship game without with with being outgained in terms of yardage by both of the, their opponents beforehand. Which means that you know, 
not a lot of teams have been in that position because they would have to be in the wild card game, win two games and be out game. The two teams were the 2017 Jaguars, correct? Yeah. Which shocking that they were ever in a championship game with Blake Bortles, the one game away from the Super Bowl. An amazing defense. Amazing defense. Defense was so good. Yeah. And then the 2020 last year Titans. Yeah. Correct. Those are the yeah. two, and the, the two teams and they, and they both lost. Yeah. I would say the surprising thing about that too, is like the bills and the Titans this year, like, or the Titans last year, the bills this year, those are two teams that you think of as having like excellent offenses and they're just kind of, I don't know if they're getting lucky or like it's, you know, their defense is kind of stepping up a little bit, but um, just seems it's, it's surprising matchup in that regard. To me, the bills, like this whole year, like they've been one year away. Like, I still think it's early and they remind me of the Jaguars in that aspect where like the Jaguars, you know, people will forget back in 2017 when the, when they put a beat down on the Steelers in the playoffs, they were like, Oh, maybe Blake Bortles is like not that bad. And like, maybe he's like a good quarterback. He was never like at the level of a Josh Allen, what we're looking at this year where like he's a borderline MVP candidate, but they were saying, you know, this team's going to be good for a while. And I, I get the sense of the bills that they're going to be good for a while, but I still think it's too early for them. Like they have a lot of, they have a 2017 Jags, 2020 Titans vibes for me um, in that respect. So I don't know whether I'm dead wrong on this. I don't think I am. I think that even if the bills do somehow win, I like, look, they should have lost that game. They should have lost a wild card game to the Colts. Like at any which way you look at it, yeah. the Colts gave that game away like four separate times. They left like 11 points on the board. The Ravens gave that game away to them. You know, if Lamar doesn't throw a stupid pick six um, in the red zone, like within the 10 yard line, that game arguably is a coin flip. And probably like, I thought the Ravens had some momentum in that game. I just don't see it. And if, if Mahomes is healthy, that's obviously the big if this week. Like, I just think that there's no way they can keep with him. And I don't know. I really don't. Tell me if I'm wrong. Terry, you've been the biggest pro Bills host on this podcast. Explain to me where this Bills magic comes from and why it's their year. I can't explain magic because then it ruins the magic. I mean, if you've seen Arrested Development, you know how magicians can get. Um, there. But – you it's, don't an illu- it's an illusion, Terry. It, yes, it's true. Um, you don't – rule number one, don't mess with a team of destiny. The Bills seem like a team of destiny. They're getting all the breaks. Um, you don't, you don't want to mess with that. And two, you can outscore people all you want. It all comes down to points. So as long as you score more other points than the other team, you're going to win the game. So I wouldn't get caught up on the yards, you know, too much looking into this game. Points matter fair yeah that's fair hard hitting analysis <laughs> um again i this is the six o'clock game which is weird to me i think the the bucks packers is probably a better game yeah. <laughs> um like that's that's some that's some tom brady lobbying right there though that's uh, yeah. true true yeah. you get a few degrees warmer in green bay you get it before his bedtime you get his mind will be Sharp, Correct. yeah, sharper than a cheddar. Nice. Uh, cheddar. So let's talk about the Bucks Packers. Um, 
quickly. Um, or we could just transition to that. Yeah. Three and a half is the spread, like we said, probably going down to three. Joe, where are you at in this Bucks Packers game? Do you lean anywhere with the points? Um, I I lean I lean Packers in this matchup. Like I I probably will just pay. I might just pay and take money lines just so that I can watch these games and enjoy them a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I think the Packers are better. It, like I, I'm more. I can trust. I feel like I can trust their offense to just perform. I just feel like Aaron Rodgers just always shows up. And I think that like the game that the Bucks beat them, the Packers, I think started it. They had a 10, nothing lead. And then they, there was that pick six and it basically turned the entire tide of the game. So I could see the Packers getting off to a quick start, you know, Rodgers kind of learning from that. Uh, and, you know, they just win this game and never look back and, you know, take a quick lead and never look back. And plus, like, I don't know if Vitavia is He's coming back from injury. Nice Italian boy. I don't know how effective he's going to be, you know, at all. Like, we don't know. He's coming back from a broken ankle. So if he's not, if he's not good, I think that hurts the Bucks defense a lot, even though they've been fine, you know, without him. But uh, still another Yeah. Levante David has been probably the most impressive breakout player in terms of def- uh, defense this offseason or this playoffs. What he was able to do no. against that Saints team, what did you say? What do you want, Terry? No, I was going to say, no who's scarier is Devin White. That guy is scary. Monster. <laughs> He's just laying down hits and loving it. Just like an absolute psycho. And he's fucking fast. Yeah. He, well, he was a top five pick, right? He's a scary motherfucker. Was he six? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, very rarely is a linebacker taken in the top ten. And when Makes you, sense. When you, Makes when sense. you get one, that's probably why they went in the top ten. Um, there is another linebacker. I think Micah Simmons, I think his name is, and from Penn State, who is a projected top ten pick. So maybe another um, white type of uh, yeah. linebacker there. Let's so DVOA has these two teams pretty much even um, PFF has them has it at three and a half right where it's supposed to be uh, their implied win probability for Green Bay is 61.3% and top in terms of their uh, ELO rankings, which is how PFF does it. They're top five in every category. So overall Packers are third. Bucks are fourth. Offense, Packers one, Bucks two, and then defense, uh, Bucks two, Packers five. I think that this is, you know, the only thing that concerns me watching these teams go down the stretch, like the Bucks to me, are getting healthier with Vitavea coming back. I think the we really haven't seen the Packers offensive line tested and Bakhtiari being out really is a question like it's a huge question mark for me there's not many teams that lose their you know best non i would i would say their best non playmaker on their team like their non best non-offensive playmaker on their team which i think bakhtiari is you know it's very rare you lose him for the year and then still go on and win a super bowl and the Rams, I think Donald was not 100% in that game. And other than Donald, like their defensive line wasn't that great at getting pressure. So it's 
I don't know. Am I leading too much into Bakhtiari? Am I, is it really splitting hairs at this point? Like both of these teams are pretty even. <laughs> uh, yes, you're splitting hairs, especially at this point in the year. The lines are going to be most efficient right now. Um, but I don't think you're reading too much into it because the Packers or the Bucks' success last time was the pressure they got on Aaron Rodgers. So I yeah. think not having your best offensive lineman against a good defensive line and J JPP, as they, as they say, as on social media, um, it's, it's going to be going to be an issue. I think spoiler alert. <laughs> are you going to, are you going to hedge that future? Uh, no, I bet the box plus four. Doubling down. Perfect. Love it. Perfect. Spoiler alert. Can't, can't wait you to flip tables when Robert Tanyan gets a fourth and two on a uh, flat right. out. Um, That's why we hear fucking it. <laughs> Before we move on to our picks, um, and we'll talk about the Chiefs bills like for a little, for a quick second before we move on to the picks. I want to talk about the Saints um, and the RIP to them since we're doing the NFC here. Does the outcome change in that Saints Bucks game if Taysom Hill is active? Uh, yeah, it's a bigger blowout because Sean Payton <laughs> fucks it up and puts him in a dumb situation and he turns the ball over. It's not where I was expecting you to go with it, but fair. Um, I actually think like I, Drew Brees was so bad. Like well, that you know, like, it, 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 quarterback, like if he, if he was going to quarterback them, maybe, but that game changed so fast. Like they're literally marching in to take a two touchdown lead and a fumble and then the game's over. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you see Ma- Michael Thomas was like squawking about that non touchdown call too, uh, where I think they wound up kicking a field goal. Mm-hmm. Um, cause he was saying like his shin was down. Which I was like, uh, like, I, isn't that the rule? I don't know. Who hurts their stock more this year than Michael Thomas? Um, Jared Porter, Mets GM. Probably yes. He was unemployed. <laughs> Always got to be fair. That Mets happened talk. already. It just came. What'd you out. say? It's already it's happened. True. It just yeah. came out. So who has done something this year to bring down their own stock? Ah, I see what you're saying. That was four years ago. Um, Donald Trump fair kicked off of all social media networks. Can't get a loan. Can't get a loan. Lo- lost the 2022 PGA at Baltusrol. Not Baltusrol. Can't pay the loans uh, that he uh, already owes. I am. I am so sorry to Baltusrol. Um, uh, Bedminster. T's and P's. <laughs> anyway, maybe, the, maybe. Point, the point was <laughs> the point was that Michael Thomas just wasn't involved in the game. Didn't show up at all. And in second place, it. Michael Thomas, loser yes, of the year. I was just, you know, didn't play all year. Was punched his teammate in the face. Kick him off a of Twitter. Was inciting, inciting violence at practice. Yeah. So in the locker just, room. You know, just didn't mean to send us so off track. <laughs> My bad. It's fun. We made it all the way back. I enjoyed yeah. myself. Nice We're little in trip. 2016. Um, Bills, Chiefs, Bills, even though I think they're one year away, they are um, number one in DVOA which is such a clusterfuck to my head because yeah. <laughs> I, I love DVOA and yeah, I mean, 
offensively, they look efficient. I just think they're not there yet. I think the Chiefs are just better team. And if Mahomes is healthy, I just think they cannot stop the Kansas City Chiefs from scoring. So, I, you know, Chiefs defense, not great. Probably on uh, Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew to make some plays. But uh, PFF has this. Chiefs as their number one ranked team in ELO. Bills are second. Offensively, uh, the Chiefs are fifth, the Bills are sixth, and then the Bills have eight spots on the Chiefs on defense. They're eighth overall. Chiefs are 16th overall. Line at six and a, uh, three and a half win probability, around the same as the Packers, 61.3%. Let's go into uh, anything else to say about this Bills Bills Chiefs game in terms of like advanced analytics, statistics, looking at it. I mean, like to me, the game is Mahomes. Like if Mahomes is hurt, the Bills uh, probably yeah. win. If if the Mahomes is in, Chiefs probably win. So I, I mean, I'll say that the Chiefs have, you know, one of the worst run defenses in the NFL, but the bills aren't that great at running the ball. So, I mean, that's kind of negated here, which then leads me to the point about, it's kind of just going to come down to which quarterback can make uh, the most plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boring analysis. But <laughs> it's hard. That is the analysis. The <laughs> analysis that you need. Yeah. Hard hitting. Um, hard hitting analysis. Let's go into our picks. We'll both pick, uh, you know, you can, you can do three bets if you want. I want at least one pick from each game. And oh, uh, making up rules now. Jesus Christ. Well, we have, we've had three picks <laughs> each time. The rules are the same. There's only two games. Fraud. So what do you, what do you have, Joe? Uh, I'm going to take the, Bills over 26. Uh, the 26 what? 26 points. Oh. The Chiefs minus three and the Packers minus three. Why? Why did you take any of those? Uh, <laughs> Tell us. No, I thought we were just saying the picks because we kind of already did like we did our fucking dog. No, I think that the Bills, I think that there's a little bit of value at the 26 if you take it now. Um, because I think it'll either be the same or if for some reason Mahomes is ruled out, I think that's going to it's gonna shoot up as the spread kind of flip-flops. So I like the over 26. I, I mean, Chiefs, like we said before, you kind of have to wait for Mahomes to officially be ruled in. Uh, but I like the minus three. And then uh, the Packers, I just think the Packers are a little bit better. And I don't think that we're going to see the same game that we saw uh, earlier in the year. So um, I'll take the three, I'll, I'll lay the three points with Rodgers at home. All right, cool. Terry, what do you got? Uh, you go, I beat you. Suck it. We're both three and three. But okay, um, I'm gonna go since Joe did this. I guess Terry, you can fix this in the uh, Instagram that it doesn't have to be um, like because I'm picking Kansas City Green Bay minus three as well on each side. Um, but I am gonna go. I see this on DraftKings at ten and a half. Let me see if I can find another book. One second that has it, but I to, to reiterate on the on the Packers Bills, you know, 
uh, the Packers Chiefs rather the, the Packers to me I don't like to bet against Aaron Rodgers I really don't and to me like both of these teams Bucks Bills on the teams that I'm betting against like the Bucks have a little like not their time yet either like this team was you know, one of the worst teams in the league last year, they get an infusion. Obviously they were good defensively stopping the run. They had the run funnel. They had weapons on offense and you bring in Tom Brady who, you know, hasn't been all world. Like he's been okay. Like, I just don't think it's their time yet. And sometimes you just got to trust the gut as much as the um, no crowd or limited crowd might be an issue. This Packers team has just looked so good all year and they've looked crazy efficient. Rodgers has looked the best he's looked in a decade in terms of just running an offense. And I, I just, I, that's where I'm at. And then the chiefs, like I said, the bills, I'm just going to keep fade the bills. I mean, and they've won two games, but I'm one and one against them betting against them against the spread um, after they lost the cover against the Colts. And the Chiefs, I think, are just that team. Like, there's so much about this year about COVID and about just the uncertainty of it all. And I think that all this bullshit with the season has really just shown a light on who runs great franchises. And I think Andy Reid is one of those great coaches you know, be enemy, whether he gets a coaching job or not, like the chiefs, what they have over there is special. Mahomes is the best player in the NFL. And it's just going to be unsurprising because everyone's looking at which angle to go at it. But the chiefs were, you know, when we did our NFL summer series preview podcast, the chiefs were, we were like, yeah, the chiefs are probably just going to walk to a title. And here they are one step away in that walk to the title um, or at least playing for the title. And I, I just can't see the bills winning this game. So chiefs minus three Packers minus three with the juice. It'll probably fall down. Uh, maybe even by the time this podcast was recorded and then I'm going to go Aaron Rodgers over rushing yards, nine and a half. Oh my God. I just had a heart attack and thought you were stealing my bet. I was so I was gonna be so mad for letting you go first. Did I not get your bet? No, thank God. <laughs> all the all that research down the toilet if you did. Um this is just you know, you see it in these games with two evenly matched teams, the good quarterbacks especially when they're trying to preserve a lead or just trying to, you know, just playing in the late moments, they usually break one because they're just not really prepared for it. And you see it with Mahomes, you see it with Rogers. Rogers has been known to be, you know, not a, not a pure pocket passer quarterback. He still is kind of able to move. And I think he's going to break one and you only need over nine and a half sacks don't count against rushing yards in the NFL. So I'm, I'm betting over nine and a half in rushing yards for Aaron Rodgers. I Terry, like that. you're up. He's, he's spry. He's not fast, but he's quick. Yes. You know, he, um, my first uh, wager is going to be the Bucks. Plus, it was plus four. I'll take plus three. I think it's going to be a tight game between two goats. I think the Bucks defensive front is going to cause a little bit of uncomfortable uncomfortableness uncomfortability 
Discomfort. Discomfort. Yes, English language is hard for me. Uh, for Aaron Rodgers and um, Tom Brady played in New England. He likes the cold. We'll see how much his blood has thinned in Florida um, and his tolerance for the cold. But I think I think it will be, you know, a three-point game, you know, going either way. So maybe who, who, uh, who gets the ball last. Uh, second pick, I'm going with the arrowhead under. Uh, 54. Um, part of it is um, just the historical numbers at Arrowhead. Um, the unders under Andy Reid have hit, I think, at 60%. Joe, you can tell me if I'm wrong, maybe 58%. Um, I think that's right. But so you got that going on. And then you have the questions surrounding Mahomes. Um, if, you know, he doesn't play, I think you'll see the total drop. If he does play, it, I think the number is kind of on him expecting to play. Um, but you could see him maybe be a little more conservative, um, keeping him out of harm's way, not running quarterback runs on second and nine or whatever, or second and one, Eric Bien-Ami. Uh That was That either. was the dumbest play call of all so time. Stupid. You've yeah, watched but... Mahomes wobble around for two and a half quarters, and then you need one yard and you're still up in the game. And you design a rollout run where he's like, "Gotta just get hit." That's you know, that's maybe that's why he doesn't have a head coaching job. His head's buried in the play sheet, a la like an Adam Gase. Except <laughs> Eric Bieniemy's play sheet has plays at work. Adam Gase's play sheet is just drawings and writings of a madman. Um, so I'm taking the under there, uh, and then my last bet is also an Aaron Rodgers bet. That did that Dominic did not take, and that is Aaron Rodgers' longest pass over 38 and a half yards. Now, you're probably listening, you're probably driving into work that, into a job that you hate, and now I just made you even angrier because it's because I told you all about this Bucks defense, and now it's like, wow, now now Terry's saying take the over on passing yards. Great analysis, Terry, but. Yes, the Bucks have a great uh, defense. And yes, as we discussed last week, the Bucks de- defense, especially their pass defense, it's very good in the middle, the intermediate to short uh, passing uh, ranges. And you saw, you know, after the Bucks realized Drew Brees couldn't throw the ball past five yards, they put their safeties, their feet at, you know, 10 yards and didn't, you know, drop back at all because you're going to throw it deep. Aaron Rodgers uh, is probably the best deep throwing quarterback in the NFL this year with. 12 touchdowns, one reception, um, and the Bucks are susceptible to the deep pass. You look at their DVOA, they're 13th, but their best percentage is deep passes to the right, they're, they're third. Over the middle, they're middle of the pack, and then deep passes to the left, they are all the way down at 24th. So they can be beat deep. And if you look at Aaron Rodgers' stat sheets, he has completed a pass over 38 and a half yards in 13 out of the 17 games he's played in this year. Yes, some of this probably has to do with weather, but I, you know, I still think he's gonna take his deep shots. You're getting over 38 and a half at minus 102, so some reduced vigorish. There, there it is for you, Dom. You can clip that and listen to it over and over. 
Give me Aaron Rodgers over longest pass, 38 and a half. That's on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. So you got Bucks plus three. What was the other bet? Three and a half. Three and a half. What was the other bet? Uh, Chiefs, Bills under 54, which will probably lose in the first half. All right, and then Rodgers over 38 and a half. I am on Kansas City minus three, Green Bay minus three, Aaron Rodgers over nine and a half rushing yards. Joe is on the Bills over 26 points, Chiefs minus three, Green Bay minus three. We'll put those on our socials. Who wins? Give me their Super Bowl matchup. Uh, Terry, go. Bucks, Bills. Chiefs, Packers. I'm on Chiefs, Packers. Producer Corey, Super Bowl. Who's in it? I'll take the two B's. Nice. Double B's. B boys. All right. We are a podcast. <laughs> Tom fucking Brady's so good. He's so good, kid. You don't Tom even know. Tom the goat. Tom the goat. We are a podcast divided. Let's try and bring it back together with some pods and wrecks. Producer Corey, how you doing? I got two for you. Whoa. Oh, go right off the bat. I know. I know. Yeah. I'm really passionate about it. Uh, one was just an afterthought. I started watching Letter Kenny, and it is fucking hilarious. Didn't you really? do this last week? Didn't I don't you think so. This last week, I think we just talked about it. Uh, no, we. D- I fucked up uh, Palm Spring two Palm weeks Springs, ago. Yes, which Terry had already recommended. Correct. Gotcha. So watch that shit next, and this is important. Don't tinker. Fair. Mm. We do the weekly fantasy tournament provided by. Mr. Odds over here. And uh, I put a lineup in just right away, which is usually my throwaway, and then I fix it later just so I know I have a spot. Didn't fucking touch it. Beat everybody. Bloodbath. People were crying. People were trying to pay other people instead of me, and I had to break some knees. Don't fucking tinker. Go with your gut, even if you're not even really paying attention, and just assume what you did right away First draft all the way. Don't look back. Hit the gas pedal, baby. I will actually recommend this um, just to expand on what producer Corey was just talking about. We run a daily fantasy um, weekend playoff pool. And I am going to recommend that. Like if you, you know, obviously there's only two games this weekend, but next week or or next playoffs next year, make sure you mark it down because it's a really great time. I recommend specifically two things. One, only I message people in your chat. So that is, I'm, I'm sorry if that makes me sound like an elitist, but, or, or if you are not an iPhone person, only do Android people or only do like, yeah, yeah. Do, do your, do your mediums, of communication of your textual communications, but it makes it so much better when it's one cohesive group message you get. And, you know, depending on which DFS service you use, I'm not going to recommend it. I'm not going to recommend either fan, you know, either FanDuel, DraftKings, whatever DFS you do, because my second recommendation is after you get everybody into the group chat, you don't use the settlement system of the DFS <laughs> site. So don't make it a paid contest because they take fees out of it. Take a rate. What you do is they, they take vigorish. a vigorish. They, vigorish. they take a pretty heavy vigorish on the, on the pools. 
So what you do is you come to a gentleman's agreement um, or just a good, good person agreement. If you, you can assign enforcers if, if need or if, be, or if you play with, you know, more than just one gender, but you go to the free version of it and you just do, you know, it says like play for pride or whatever. And then you just even up outside of the settlement because you're losing money when you put it in there. It's more secure outside of it. You could do whatever you want, cryptocurrency, um, Venmo, PayPal, all that stuff. Just any anything, cash, cash, cash is king. But those are my two recommendations. My main recommendation is weekend fantasy football pools that do the whole game. So like in the wild card, we had six games to choose from set your lineup in there, play against your friends, but with also doing it for free, quote unquote, paying outside of the app because they take fees and also making a group chat to discuss what's going in there. Cause those group chats get pretty, pretty wild and fun. So good time on the textual relations. Yeah. Don't tinker. <laughs> the, kid, the kid who won the wild card weekend, I saw him um, and he didn't go, he didn't play in the divisional round. He's like, what? cause I muted the group chat. Like, because you guys wouldn't shut up. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is modern day networking. You just have to be in group chats. Yeah. So Terry, Joe, uh, I, have a Terry has his hand up. I have a question relating to Corey's trust your gut. First, I will say that Aaron Rodgers is 37 and a half on MGM minus 120 uh, for longs pass. A uh, question about the gut. Go ahead. You said always trust your gut. Um, mm-hmm. What if I had maybe a little uh, little Mexican meal the night before that's not really sitting well in my stomach and I have a little indigestion? Is that still a situation where I trust my gut or is that just possibly indigestion? It's possibly indigestion or your gut's telling you you done fucked up and maybe go tinker. Mm. Mm. Interesting. So like, only, it's, only it's literally you, fighting back. Only so, you can know so maybe. Your gut. So maybe in like those situations, you do tinker, you know, perhaps if your gut's turning on you, yes. But if your gut's feeling good, let it ride. I'm in on that. Okay, cool. Joe, you go. Okay. I'm going to recommend Crocs. Um, So they've obviously been around for a while. Crocs, uh, the animal have been around for millennia, but I'm talking about the shoe. Um, I think that they're good for like an indoor slipper and, um, you know, cause like, you know, it's also you, good for an indoor slipper, a mock a slipper. <laughs> no, I know. But the thing is like, I have, I have a nice set of mocks and sometimes like my feet get a little too hot in them and, uh, the Crocs, I think they're more, um, all weather shoe. Um, cause like, you know, they, uh, I think they're more appropriate for the summer months what, instead of wearing a moccasin on your feet to wear some Crocs. Who so, wears shoes at their house? I only do it because I have fucking like bad, I had cortisone shots in my feet. So I got to have like the indoor shoes. So I got the Crocs. What the fuck is going on over there? No power, cortisone shots and Crocs. Yeah. That's the name of the title. That's going to be the title of the episode now, by the it's way. the prehistoric meat locker. Joe, did you, uh, do you own those or did you own those shoes? The, like the finger shoes? No, no. People the gym wear? No, those freaked me out, honestly. Interesting. Like, I feel I'm a little like surprised I, you never purchased that. Like, you know how uncomfortable... Like, I remember the first time I ever encountered a pair of the finger... Like, the finger socks. 
And I was like, what the fuck are these? I, th- I forgot were, about those. Those were, were so, for a while. They were so uncomfortable. I forgot about those. That's thing ever. Cool. Joe, uh, what kind of soup did you have today? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had a... Uh, <laughs> I had <laughs> I had egg drop soup actually. Ooh, getting fancy soup du jour, Joe. Yeah, it was a little bit. It was a little bit different. So it's good soup though. Nice. Uh, I'll recommend because I'm just looking at it. Uh, <laughs> an ab roller. Those things are hard. They they're fucking awesome though. But they're fucking awesome though. They're fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it for the Oddscast podcast, NFL championship weekend. Still other sports going on. We'll touch base when the NFL ends. Jack, Jack Hughes and the Devils may have arrived, by the way. 19-year-old it's Jack hockey Hughes. season, boys. Uh, hockey Sweet. season. Joe's putting his picks on the NBA, writing on the Action Network. Be sure to uh, subscribe to him. Read all of his shit. Support the brand. Thank you for all that you do, our lovely listeners. For the Oscast Podcast, Dominic DeLeo, Joe DeLara, Terry Takes, Bruce Corey, signing off. We'll see you next week after we know who the two teams are in Super Bowl. God bless. Analysis. Vigorish. Wake up! We're rushing for a little hiccup! I just got to fade away the shake-up! What you need to keep the bundle table? Here you go, create another paper! You want it to! We're rushing for a little hiccup! You want it to! I just got to fade away the shake-up! You want it to! What you need to keep the bundle table? You want it to! Why don't think you trust? Self-righteous suicide I cry When angels deserve to